We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Maggie and Perloff from Radio Row is sponsored by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, the protein-packed snack that's bold as you are. Be big, be bold, be adventurous. Look for them in the snack aisle at your local grocer. It's Maggie and Perloff. We're here, Radio Row and Phoenix. These shows have been phenomenal. We just had Shannon Sharp on the set. If you miss any part of the Maggie and Perloff show, we got a podcast. You can download it. He did say that Travis Kelsey will go down as the greatest tight end of all time. And, of course, Shannon is a Hall of Fame tight end himself. But he almost, I can't tell if he was begrudging about it, Perloff. Mm. He wasn't like slam dunk, no chance. It, it wasn't like a runaway Travis yeah. Kelsey's the best. He said, well, when we look back on it, all the 1,000-yard seasons, all the touchdowns, okay, yeah, he'll be the best. I mean, we didn't really have time to get into it, but if Shannon Sharp played in today's game, what kind of tight end would he be? It would be, today's game is so much easier to pass. That's why yeah. Shannon Sharp was such an exceptional player in his time. He was a one-of-one one weapon. Then you got, obviously, Antonio Gates, Gronk, Travis Kelsey. So he didn't say that, but that would have been my argument. Yes, Travis Kelsey is going to put up better numbers than everyone, but we know the passing game is so different. And Travis Kelsey probably 30 years ago would have been asked to do something completely different. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, that's, I think, why Gronk might really have a case. Because, you know, Gronk really is – not that Kelsey is not a good blocking tight end, but Gronk really – you know, I, I would say though that Kelsey has proven he's a little bit better receiver. Gronk yeah, would and just Gronk basically had all those injuries. I right. mean, for years, Gronk would just basically run straight down the field, push people off him. Kelsey's basically a wide receiver. Yeah. His skills are ridiculous. I I do find I forget the historical comparison. What Travis Kelsey is doing is unbelievable right now. The Eagles, I know they're going to bracket him or something. I don't even know if that works. I mean, it hasn't. It hasn't <laughs> at all. No, nobody. Like, we it, watch it. We're just like, shut down Travis Kelsey, and the rest will be easy. Who's going to beat you? <laughs> MVS, McCall Harbin, or Juju, Pacheco? No, it's Kelsey, but it's still, it doesn't seem to matter with Kansas City. Uh, we are streaming, and we are live across the country on all of our amazing CBS Sports Radio affiliates. We're also streaming on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. And Jeffrey in the chat says, we want to hear more about Maggie and Perloff's amazing yeah. nightlife. I mean, how much time you got? Well, Watched I mean, a basketball probably game last saw night. probably saw it on TMZ. Were we on TMZ <laughs> last night? We're, it went viral for several different reasons, you know, over the course of these last few days. I'll tell you, this is how our night went. There was a point where I said, "Excuse me, Maggie, for one moment," and Kai changed into sweatpants, <laughs> ran up to my room, <laughs> put on sweatpants, yeah. came back. Uh, Maggie, Sally, and I were watching basketball. Yep. And then I had to watch Kyrie's debut. I will tell you though, it was an interesting conversation. You told a story about Amsterdam. I'm not going to tell that story on the air. <laughs> no, but I need to tell. <laughs> there we go. Uh-huh. Bring it back to not having kids at the podium. Why do you do that, Maggie? <laughs> so here's a funny thing, though. So you know, Jeff is asking about our nightlife, and I think right now, you know, just a couple good restaurants here and there. Nothing crazy to speak of. But tonight is our night. Oh yeah. Tonight is our night. So Perloff and I are actually. <clears throat> hosting a happy hour. Yeah. This has been something that's been in the works. We haven't been able to tell the audience about it because it's been a little bit hush-hush. We've been trying to get some things together behind the scenes. But we can tell you all now, we are throwing like a blowout 
happy hour that's happening right after the show. Like, yeah. you and I, are, we have to get ready to host. I know. What, are you ready? Mean. No. Me neither. No, not at all. I'm worried that it's going to be too many people. We've, we've invited all our media friends, and, you know, it's, I, I'm just panicked. I'm so panicked about this. Because, I mean, you're a good small talker, though. That's all that, That's all we have to do. We have to make people feel comfortable. Now, our happy hour is really uh, amazing. A friend of ours is hosting it for us, basically. Well, here's the problem. How do you handle this situation? Okay. You invited a lot of people. I invited a lot of people. I don't know everyone on your list. Yeah, right. This what is like a, it's I, like a wedding, and we've got different sides of the room. How do you deal with if someone who you don't know their names, and you're talking to somebody else, you have to do the interaction? Yeah, it's like hey, Fred Perloff. Hey, Bill, this is Fred. I know, and I hate... Yeah, I, yeah, I know. How are we going to... I know I'm going to have a pain. I've already screwed up about 14 different shows. This has been a very Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> week for me. You are Larry David over here. Yeah, I've had so many awkward social interactions. So I'm I'm more nervous than I can't wait till it gets flowing. We get some food and drinks in us, yeah, and then we can just have fun, relax a little bit. So not only that, so we are hosting a happy hour with um like maybe 500 of our closest friends. We have no idea who's gonna how many people are gonna show up because we invited everybody, and then after that, you and I have VIP Ooh. tickets to see Luke Combs in a private concert. Look wow. at us. It's yeah. like we saved it all up for Thursday. You might have thought we were losers last night watching basketball at the hotel, but tonight is our night. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of become accustomed to VIP treatment. but <laughs> Yes, I know. No, you know what that means. Part of me. That just means better hors d'oeuvres. It's going to be great. There's Celebrities. Gonna be, there maybe it's going to be hot dogs wrapped in things, you know, pigs in a blanket. If it's really high end, there's gonna be scallops wrapped in bacon. I, <laughs> I, I have the whole food Shrimp. menu. Yep. And by the way, we're talking to a chef later today. Yeah, we got Andrew Zimmerman who's gonna come on later and give us a little Super Bowl rundown of his uh, his table. And and side question: How has your dinners been? What have you been eating? High end lunches, Phoenix steakhouses. Uh, you know, I can't wait to get vindicated by a chef because Perloff and Samter love to make fun of me for eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I love them. I'm never going to give them up. You guys can't shame me. Um, you know, we are on the road and there's all sorts of fancy restaurants around here. That's <laughs> usually like, no, nah, I brought a PB&J. <laughs> what bad. are you doing, Maggie? You're supposed <laughs> to act like a big time media member, not bring PB&J. <laughs> well, ha old habits die hard. When you have a three and a half year old at home, half my <laughs> life is making peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I finally made a few for myself. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on. We have don't have a lot of crazy stories to talk about so far. So far. But that doesn't mean we're not going to be the, out there. The week me. is young. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely get arrested. It, something could <laughs> oh, happen. God. Maggie and Perloff get arrested. Just Maggie brings her kids in with her to the mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't no. that be my uh, just dessert? Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. I haven't even filled you in on how many people have asked me about that take man well ian rapaport you know rap sheet you yeah, know, yeah. The nfl insider who's right next to us on the set we know each other a little bit because all of us here kind of know each other a little bit so he came over the other day and he's just holding his phone out with the headline oh <laughs> he's like making some news lately I'm yeah. like, yeah apparently i am i, I oh, thank you jeff anders in the chat i love pb and j jared pb and j are weedos favorites thank you weedos well appreciate our, you weedos okay you love pb and j but what about our producer liking peanut butter and raw yeah, onion I don't sandwiches get into that. how about this is this is what i learned from about samter today he had to show me something in the middle of our t higgins interview like we you know he needed to tell me something off the air so he showed me his phone and the font on his phone is comic sans 
Whoa. What, you're a madman. What's wrong with you? It's so weird. It looks at, like, are you showing me an advertisement or something? It I was can't a text. help. I made a switch accidentally years ago, and now I'm just so used to it. I tried to switch back, and it threw me off and blew my mind. I can't go back. Are you Dan Gilbert? Throwback <laughs> to the decision. It's it's bizarre. I change Whoa. it back. If wait, I'm wait. <laughs> well, hold on. What's more bizarre, my font or my peanut butter and onion? And first of all, I blame Fred Savage for that. I know you got a whole backstory on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Little no, no. Peanut butter and onion is of the many weird things about you, Sandra. It's number one, and there's nothing close. Can you imagine? We're doing all these radio interviews here at our set on Radio Row. Imagine we're like this close. You know, you're super close to everybody, to Shannon Sharp, to Justin Jefferson, to T Higgins, who joined us today, and you had just eaten a peanut butter and onion sandwich. No. We'd never see these people again. They would be out of here so fast. It's like. Oh my gosh! Who are those two people over there with the kick and breath? No, I, I I avoid garlic and onion during this week because I'm going to be at the VIP lounge tonight. With I can't Holmes. be talking to some A-list celebrity with <laughs> onion on my breath. <laughs> I mean, come on, have a little dignity. Um, all right, we are so happy now to be joined by yet another celebrity guest. He is a two-time Coach of the Year, a Super Bowl champion from your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now in the C-le- C-suite, C-level suite. It is Bruce Arians. Yeah, and it was hard on him, you know, but it was such a tough year for him. And I'm so proud of him because he, man, he battled through everything personally and then never brought it to the office. He he was fantastic all year and he can still sling it now. And, uh, but uh, I think he's done. Yeah, what do you think was behind, why was it such a hard year because of injuries on and O-line issues or was it Tom personal stuff? If you had, what what what, what happened? With I think Tom? it was a combination. Yeah. The injuries weren't, you know, sometimes, oh, you, your center got hurt or this guy got hurt. We lost leaders. You know, when mm-hmm. Ryan Jensen went down, that was big because he's like the heartbeat of the offensive line and, and the toughness, you know. Uh, Robert Hainsey did a good job, but it's not the same when you start losing Shaq Barrett's and Ryan Jensen's and guys like that. Um, it's tough, but uh, for, for Tom, yeah, pushing through the, the personal stuff was really hard. I mean, he's somebody who's so laser-focused, right? So how were you even able to tell that it was weighing on him? Well, it was easy early because he lost all that weight, and uh, mm. but then he, he got it back, and uh, you could see him start smiling again and doing some things that are just normal, you know, and it's so hard to go through what he went through. You know, fans, we watch the game and we see what's happening on the field, and you've been on so many teams. There's a, it seems like there's a whole layer of information about what's really happening with the team. Personal lives bleed into what we see on the field, right? Has that been your experience throughout your career? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, sometimes, you know, babies are getting born and things are happening. It's like, hey, you can't control any of this stuff, and uh, you try to manage this as much as you can, and uh, hopefully the leadership on your team helps you navigate through that. And as a head coach, did you – I mean, is that a big skill for a head coach to deal with people? I know Andy Reid has been credited for that yeah, a lot. He's, he's one of to the bring best, people yeah. in his office and say, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to yeah. – there's so many good people. I think we've, we've finally awakened to sports psychologists and psychologists being on the staff and helping these young guys adapt to having money and having the league and all the pressure that goes with it. Um, they don't want to talk to a coach. Oh, okay. they want to, but to You're have, the boss. To have those yeah. people uh, is amazing. Yeah, it's one of the best things we've started doing. It was funny. We were talking to Justin Jefferson, great wide receiver, obviously, for the Vikings, and there was a profile piece where – Kevin O'Connell, the new coach, came in and said, meet me in my office. And he said, I don't know where the coach's office is. He had never been to Mike Zimmer's office, I guess. That was, like, very revealing. I thought – I always assumed that coaches were, you know, super connected with their players. 
How is it different for you now in the front office? Because we saw you on the sidelines that Saints game, Coach. You couldn't help yourself but be back yeah. out there fighting for your team. Got got another rule made. <laughs> <laughs> you, feel, you proud of that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, it, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great transition for me. Uh, I was ready. I got to go to practice, got to help the coaches, whatever they needed. I wanted to stay out of the way because I didn't want to overshadow anybody. And I think Todd did a great job with the transition, all the injuries and everything that went on this year to to still win the division. And uh, hopefully we'll get better next year. You know, as you look at this hiring cycle, uh, still I think there's a diversity problem with coaching. Where do you think the NFL is with that now and what can they do? I I think we've made progress. We're starting to get quarterback coaches and, and getting people in line to become coordinators on offense because right now the hiring cycle is offense yep. for mm. about 15 years it was defense when Parcells and those guys were winning championships everybody hired defensive coaches right. you know now it's all offensive coaches and who can bring these young quarterbacks around fastest Bruce Arians is joining us on behalf of the Arians Family Foundation of course Super Bowl champion two-time coach of the year all right so what are the Bucks going to do at quarterback now that Tom is, is well, no longer It's like in the NFL. when we decided three, four years ago, let's look behind door number two. You never know who's behind door number two. We never would have thought of Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I joked about it and I caught hell for it. But, uh, you know, it's like you never know. But I love Kyle Trask. I think we, we've drafted Kyle. He's sit around with Tom and Blaine Gabbard. He's learned how to be a pro and changed his body. He's, he's, he's getting better and better. So I think we're, we're fine with him. Okay, so Perloff is a massive Philadelphia Eagles fan. I, we know your connections to Philadelphia run very deep, Coach. We had a discussion the other day about who has the coaching advantage in the Super Bowl. And I was arguing on behalf of Andy Reid. And Perloff says he thinks it's Sirianni because the coordinators are real hot now. And where do you see the coaching advantage in this game? Well, I'm going to go with experience every time. Of course. And, and Andy is one of my favorites. You know, he's, yeah. he's one of the most innovative guys and stays way ahead of the game. You're never going to catch up to Andy Reid. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, But I really like what Nick did. I mm. think Nick learned from last year and they, you know, how he put some pieces in there. And uh, that defense is something special. You know, one thing that Nick does well is fourth down. And I, it, these young coaches and some of the older coaches yeah, are Doug so Peterson, impressed now. And Doug Peterson. Arians, but, you know, what Sirianni, just my argument was is that Nick's been really hot on fourth down calls. And that seems to be a big part of the game right now. Yeah, and they can blow up on you real fast. But the Eagles have that rugby push that is not yeah, blowing up at all. That, that hasn't been outlawed yet, but it's going <laughs> to. Well, it's they're gonna. not going to name that one after you, though. No, though. that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, that, that – uh, <laughs> That's a great, it's a great play. I mean, until they change the rule of pushing instead of pulling, you know. Uh, yeah. If you, did you look at it and say, "Why didn't I think of that?" Did that ever cross uh, your mind? No, it uh, that happened a long time ago. We did our fullback came in, hit the quarterback, knocked him in. This was about twenty-five years ago. Oh, so, really? Oh, so you yeah, had okay, okay. Nothing is new. Nothing is new. It's no, all I promise you. Cyclical. I, I have to left at jet motion. People talk about, "Oh man, that's so inventive." They were doing that in Mississippi Junior College in 78. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, last one for you. And again, joining us on behalf of the Arians Family Foundation. You know, I think that we look at these dynamic offenses and we think like, man, can't be stopped. And then we get to the playoffs. And what always happens? Running the ball. Defense comes in big. It's like, how, where's the disconnect here between like the regular <clears throat> season of the NFL and then what we see in the postseason? How does that affect team building? Yeah, I, I think, you know, weather has something to do with it a little bit in the northeast and and but i still think the guys that can throw it win the guys that are scoring points win that's not necessarily the running teams if they get behind like we got philly behind last year uh and and they couldn't catch up because they weren't a pass they didn't have the passing attack mm-hmm. they have now that's what i see the big difference in philly they have a passing attack now 
so they can play from ahead or behind. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that's it. Yeah. You got to score points. Bruce, do you still have the cocktail party out of the back of the trunk? That was one of the great details from your Maggie book. Maggie wanted invites. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I being was, a little too thirsty the, for the invite? We had the, well, it's come Saturday, 12, <laughs> 12 to 3 at STK Scottsdale. We'll fill you up. <laughs> ah, there you go. All right. Well, I consider that an invite. You can you consider it. this my RSVP. You got uh, it. Coach Bruce Arian, two-time coach of the year, Super Bowl champion. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. You We're back with more Maggie and Perloff right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For the first time ever, stream the Super Bowl for free. Super Bowl 57 on Westwood One is Sunday, February 12th. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com. Via Westwood One station, streams are by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the cause of your check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Uh, Maggie, uh, I hope you enjoyed your peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. I think it's time to step it up. I know. I'm getting shamed <laughs> because I like eating mm. peanut butter and jelly. And it's a very simple food and a very um, ubiquitous thing. And it's great to be joined now by someone who's only been eating bizarre foods for most of his adult <laughs> life. And I that, just had a PB&J about four days ago. Thank you. Andrew Zimmern is, I a, have one a, week. is a James Beard Award for Outstanding Personality. And again, Bizarre Foods is one of our favorite shows. You're a celebrity chef who's in town doing Taste of the NFL. Thank you for telling me that you still eat peanut butter and Absolutely. jelly. Absolutely. Like regular. Do you make your own jelly? Oh, of course not. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I don't make my own anything, um, <laughs> but you do. Okay, so it's now Thursday before the Super Bowl. Sure. Everyone's getting ready for their Super Bowl parties sure. who's listening to us. What do you prepare for your Super Bowl party? Uh, great question. Uh, it, well, I, I, I try to practice the art of hospitality in my house. So there's always a, a in, in the soup warmer or crock pot yeah. retrofitted to hold at a certain temperature uh i usually do something like oyster chowder i'm an east coaster so i have something like that so something hot for people to walk in the door and take in their hands they're getting their shoes and jackets off right i mean it's really important it's cold where i live right yeah Uh, so that's first um all the different hot bubbly cheesy dippy mini enchilada anything that's saucy and hot or dippy and hot is on the apron of the fireplace right which keeps it nice and warm we have uh, hot dogs and other tubular meats <laughs> okay. uh, with skewers so people can roast their own. I, I, like, I like people to cook while they're in my house. So oh. even, I know this sounds dumb, but yeah, not everyone has a fireplace. But I like the idea of people roasting their own hot. There's nothing, nothing better than during a TV commercial, taking a hot dog, putting it on a stick, and <laughs> roasting it for you in a bun. It's the best Good tasting idea. food yeah. on planet Earth. I like to I, I like to take something and, and bake it all day or the night before, like, you know, a whole pork shoulder or turkey or something like that to put out with little buns for people to make sandwiches. 
Then I have what I call the exotica section because people come <laughs> to my house. There's and they, an expectation. There's a, they they want something plussed up. So you know that's the the stone crab, the Iberico ham in the ham cradle, other stuff like that. And then I like to make a couple of dishes that are that are just super fun that people don't expect. So. Uh, AFC NFC championship uh, game when I was home because I'm not home now uh, I made japchae which is a uh, sweet potato starch glass noodle dish uh, that's arguably the most popular noodle dish in Korea it's fantastic just lots of vegetables it's delicious okay uh, and super good for you and you can make a giant size batch for it and I had like 10 people over to my house and that was one of the things that we made was a big pot of that so I do that kind of thing it's oh, fun. Yeah. Listen, your reputation in our chat now on YouTube, uh, RPC saying Zimmer's PB and J is pig brains and jam. <laughs> oh! Your reputation out I've there actually, for the bizarre now, stuff. What's funny is that I've actually eaten that because uh, they're <laughs> well, well. No, in the Carolinas and the Mid Atlantic states, they make things like like scrapple yeah. and pig nose jelly, stuff like that, all kinds of head cheese and things. And uh, they serve it on white bread, one side with grape jelly, one side with mustard, and that's kind of the way it's eaten. Oh. Uh, down there. And so when someone says pig gra- brains and jelly, it's like, yeah, I've actually eaten that. Oh, it's a great combination. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. actually eaten everything, Andrew Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, do, you, do you want to know something that is kind of true? Yeah. It's kind of true. By the way, uh, if I was invited to your house, I would not have time to roast hot dogs, just to be clear, because... I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm focused winning on the game. It's been a while what for you. What are you worried a, about? It's been a while for you as a Giants fan. You're you don't, wor- you're you don't remember that Vikings. intensity. No, no, no. You're, wor- you're worried about Pat Mahomes' ankle. I'm he's, obsessed with it. If he's good to go, it's a game. If he is on an 80% wheel, uh, then the, the Eagles can drop an extra defense. They don't have to worry about him running as much as they would. I, I still think he's going to gut it out. I think this guy, you know, is incredible competitor. Uh, but I, as, and as a New Yorker, the idea that I'm about to say, dare yeah. I say it, that I kind of like the Eagles, if I was putting a dollar down on the game right yeah. now, I, I'd have to pick Eagles because I don't think Mahomes is 100%. But if he is, or approaching it, it's a real game tomorrow. I'm excited. Of course, Kansas City. Or Sunday. Known for the parking lot smelling like barbecue. Yes. I don't know how much you've tailgated, but what's the... What's a the, lot. What's your <laughs> number one place you want to tailgate? You have one last tailgate meal. Where is it? Uh, I would probably go back to... And it's it's not because of the national championship stuff. I, I've shot a lot of tailgate shows. I actually did a tailgate show for uh, Toyota's branded content before the word branded content <laughs> was, yeah, was invented. Yeah. And um, University of Georgia, when it comes to the quality and diversity of food mm. and the setups that people create in the parking lots at UGA... It is like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, Ann Arbor, same thing, but the quality of food isn't the same. Mm. At UGA, I mean, the pots of fried chicken, the whole hogs, the Southern classics, to me, scream tailgate more than bad chili in the snow. Yeah, you know, and and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say UGA. Nothing in the Northeast, right? The Northeast doesn't know how to tailgate. Uh, they do and they don't. They're affected by weather. Here's the deal. If you know that it's it's not going to get any colder than 50 degrees, you've opened up a world of food <laughs> that people in the Northeast can't do. Yeah. That being said, look at Southern California, the worst tailgating of, of all time. Sorry. They I ban mean, tailgating it, at it's the just, SoFi, It's right? just awful, right? Um, I, I, I will say, shameless you know, hometown plug, September, 
those beautiful football Sundays in Minnesota and October before it gets cold in November is epic. We know how to do it there. Andrew Zimmern is our guest. He's part of Taste of the NFL, the NFL's largest charity event. Gets celebrity chefs. Everyone gets to try this really Hall amazing of famers, food. Great players, movie stars. It's crazy how this event has grown over the last 31 years. Um, it, it was created in Minnesota by Wayne Kostrowski 31 years ago. Uh, I think this is technically our 32nd uh, event then. Um, the, the first 10, I was a bystander. Uh, the, but then I went on his board, and I've been involved with Taste of the NFL ever since. A couple years ago, he passed the baton to Gen Youth, an incredible organization, yep. genyouth.org. They specialize in taking care of feeding kids and developing nutritious and healthy food programs in schools and also transforming school uh, uh, cafeterias back to places where real cooking is going on. So they're doing substantive leave-behinds and really transforming the very nature of how food is being cooked in schools, bringing it back to the way it was in the 70s when there were actually real lunch ladies doing more than just serving. Th that's a big change, and I think it's, a, it's also a game-changer yeah. for hunger relief efforts. Um, and so it's wonderful to be a part still of Taste of the NFL, with a great new organization, great leadership uh, from the people that run Gen Youth. And, you know, after, a, you know, I mean, look, last year in, in L.A., we kind of did a half a taste. Yeah. It was wonderful at the Peterson Automotive Museum. I mean, it was just a great event. But now we're back to 3,000 people gathering in a room and really having at it. And the food is going to be better than ever. We've changed it up a little bit. We're focusing this year more on local chefs. Um, you know, look, most people that are coming to the taste or guests, they're from out of town. Sure. This is part of a ticket package. It's a, it's an experience for them to come in. Yes. Do we have local ticket buyers? Absolutely. But we're celebrating and elevating local chefs in the same way that uh, Gen Youth is focusing on uh, schools, I think, to date. And I'm talking about just this week. We're up to almost 600,000 meals wow. uh, to schools here in the greater Valley of the Sun area. Yeah. What do you call the Phoenix Metro? Samter? Well, everybody... <laughs> you every, lived here for a while. Everybody better get to know it because they're winning the NBA championship. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right? yeah. I mean... I mean Andrew Zimmerner is our guest. That's fantastic what you guys are doing, especially about getting nutritious food in schools yeah. where if kids, you know, can't afford it or get yeah. it on their own. They're getting something nutritious. It helps with focus and everything. And well, everything. I mean, look, anywhere the public dollar, I mean, I've spent my life doing this. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm the, I've got 8 million ambassadorships and I'm involved on so many boards and I've, I've devoted my life to try to helping other people now that I have a platform that allows me uh, to do it. The, the, the most important thing that we can absolutely do in the world is spread awareness about this problem. People say hunger is still a hidden disease. I no know. one jumps up and down and says, hey, I'm hungry. And people think that the face of hunger is the homeless person that's sitting on the street. No, that's the face of mental health issues. By the way, just as important, I devote a lot of yeah. time to that because I'm a sick person. Uh, <laughs> uh, truly. Um, but if we want to transform the hunger issue in America, we have to consider it unacceptable. We have to step in where governments won't, municipal, state, and federal. Like immigration reform, it's been kicked mm. down the road 100,000 times. It is not okay that there is a hungry child in America. This is the greatest country in the history of planet Earth. Yeah. We can feed. There, it, it costs $2 billion. It would take us about two weeks, and we could feed every human being in America in perpetuity. That's it but we don't have the political will to do so. And so it, it, it relies on nonprofits and public-private partnerships to change the nature of how we address social justice and equity issues in America, right? Flat out, if, if no one else is gonna fix it, then we have to take on that responsibility ourselves. And hungry children, sorry, 
not tolerable. I know, and kids don't have advocates for themselves. Of course they you know, don't. And can't. Of course they don't. And so it's fantastic what you're doing and with the combination of Taste of the NFL. You know, we noticed that, you know, thankfully we're getting past this pandemic and it was unfortunate, very unfortunate, what happened to the restaurant industry. And my parents owned a restaurant when I was growing up, so I really felt for everyone who was going through that. Yet it created a boon for, like, you know, the home amateur mm. cook. Yeah. Do you think that's going to continue now that we're getting back to our real lives? Are all these amateur cooks, do you think they're going to stay in the kitchen and stay 100%, interested? 100%. They enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like going out and uh, and playing pickleball. I mean, once you do it, <laughs> I mean, laugh about it all you want. No, he loves it. But once you start it, it's like, oh, that's a fun game. Yeah. Now, are you going to do it every day? Maybe not. Maybe. But you're going to you're gonna keep doing it. Here, Here's the deal. I think that... that when we pushed everyone inside and said, hang out with your family, pick up some new hobbies, buy your COVID dog, right? For those yeah. that were, <laughs> you know, able to do so. Uh, but cooking for each other, I think one of the things that's been missing in America mm-hmm. for the last generation is something that we had been doing for hundreds of years, thousands, if when you look at the nature of humankind from the time we first started gathering around a fire in caves is communal dining. It, the, the the communal table is the place that we exchange ideas, that we catch up on our day. It, it It's why I created the show Family Dinner for Magnolia Network, which is one of my new... Well, it's not new. It's been on for three seasons. But it's why I created Family Dinner, because I wanted... I wanted people to see what happened when people broke bread together, right? We've missed that. COVID kind of forced that hand. And I think once people have seen what it did for them, I, I, I know obviously some people are going to give it up, but I think the vast majority are going to stick with it. Is that good for the restaurant industry? I think it's good for the restaurant industry. Some people say, well, then people aren't going to dine out as much. I call BS. Mm. I think actually what it's going to do is they're going to take better advantage of going out and they're going to be more selective and they're going to populate independent restaurants ah. with their customership. And that's really where, uh, you know, I was one of the co-founders of the Independent Restaurant Coalition. We, we started in March of 2020 to try to address uh, in Washington, D.C. laws like, you know, we fixed PPP. We tried to get the, uh, you know, uh, Restore America Act passed. We've worked closely hand in hand with the current administration try to get more money for restaurants that are run by people of color and women, those who did not find resources to go to a bank and, you know, they're going to sit there and give them a million dollars. We have to restore the restaurant economy. Um, independent restaurants represent 5% of GDP. That's just the restaurants. Wow. That's not the food that comes in. That's not any other piece of it, right? And so th- the people who work in restaurants as a whole, not just independent ones, are a very special community. Largest employer of single moms, single dads, first-time job seekers, last-time job seekers, returning citizens, people coming out of jails and institutions. So when you support restaurants, you're really supporting a sector of society that also is trying to find a way up and out of a current situation or trying to exist. I don't think there's a more important group of people to support in the world than food people, right? Food connects us all, whether we eat it at home, COVID question, Right. right? Or whether we go out to eat it flip side of the COVID issue. So I would encourage people to just embrace a food life where I'm disappointed in people and try to encourage them to get up and out of their malaise is people who have no food life. And I'm not talking about people who can't afford food. I'm fighting for them. I'm talking about people who just choose not to have a food life. I think they're missing out on one of the most important aspects of of our existence here on planet Earth. And I, I don't think I'm drawing too fine a point on it. I've used food as a as a 
a crystal ball and a magnifying glass to take a look at other cultures and global problems that we share, a place to help us restore equity in America. And I think it's through food that we can do a lot of healing. Andrew, uh, last question for me, Taste of NFL. Can I get a quality cheesesteak there? Because yes. that's how I want to celebrate <laughs> yeah. the Super Bowl. Yes. Are you sure? Because I don't know that they exist outside of Philadelphia. Wow, that's really harsh. Well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm a big John's roast pork guy. Oh, roast pork. We had that when well, we were Well, they the also Army make Navy a cheesesteak. I mean, John's, yeah. I happen to like John's. There's a lot of great cheesesteak places in Philly, and I go there a lot just to eat a good cheesesteak. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, you can get a good one. You just have to have the right bread. That's the biggest, that's the biggest problem. It's the bread. It's not cheap. Look, I happen to like a good age probe on mine, but... If you don't like that and you want whiz or you want something a little more softer, that's fine. The difference maker is the roll. The bread helps make this. People overlook the bread on the sandwich all the time. How many times have you had a really good sandwich with really great expensive ingredients and the bread is like a French baguette that tears the roof of your mouth? Yeah, that's I a know. bad sandwich. I know. And that's a bad sandwich. It just sits there. I believe we have someone to taste of the NFL who's doing a Philly cheesesteak. There you go. Okay, now the you guys just got to get in. I hope. No, no, no. You guys, please. You're, you're, you're on my list. Please yeah. come if you're here Saturday. Please come and join us. It's the party with a purpose, and it really is a wonderful event. Um, last one for me, because you did Bizarre Foods for so long, sure. and a lot of people who are listening to us probably know you from oh, that, uh, right? Of course they do. Is there something that, like, wakes you up in the night in a cold sweat? Just like, oh, like it still yeah. stayed with you. How gross or uh, maybe gross is the wrong word, but just how, like, you still can't believe you ate that thing. There's uh, got to be one that sticks with you. No, there's a group of foods that I can't believe. Yeah. I, I, I ate. And that's all the rotten and fermented foods, things that are just left out for two, three years, whether it's, you know, fish heads, uh, damamain in mm. Taiwan, hakarl in Iceland, fermented skate wings in Korea. I mean, things that all the poisons have been killed off by the good bacteria, yeah. but all the stink and ammonia it's has been smell. left behind. It's, it's terrific. But I developed a really... <laughs> I developed a taste for it. And none of that wakes me up at night. I don't have nightmares. Okay. What I have are feelings of regret that I will never, ever again in my lifetime eat a, a giant scallop off the coast of Samoa because that whole island was oh, devastated by, oh. the, uh, by the tsunami six years ago, right? I, I may have been the last, you know, person in the world to ever eat one. I mean, the, you know couple weeks later it was gone they can only harvest one or two a year this one tribal group in Samoa am I ever going to eat another kudu again which is a small hoofed antelope in southern Africa that I think is the best tasting meat on planet earth Whoa. it's like veal I mean it just is it's glorious um, so there's things like that that keep me up at night will I ever be in that village again in Vietnam and eat those tiny little deep fried ducks and chickens that you hold by the beak and eat the whole thing uh, oh delicious I, if you ate one you'd say this is the best expression yeah. of poultry I've ever had <laughs> okay. so it's, I, 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 it, it's it. more about those things mm -hmm. that, that I don't think I'll ever taste again um, I'm the only human being that ate 3,000 year old bog butter you know, that was discovered. I mean, the, the block is in a museum uh, now in Dublin, you know, but I got to eat some before it was whisked off uh, and we put it in the show. So there's things like that that I think are. You put um, that on a French baguette? You know, funny, <laughs> I just ate it plain and then I went back to a restaurant and we had uh, a 3,000 year old uh, butter basted 
uh, little marsh birds because the oh. chef oh. wanted to pair what go what grows together goes together. And since they discovered the bog butter in the bogs there, he wanted birds and herbs from the bog. And it was one of the most beautiful wow. dishes of food I've ever eaten. I mean, Proloff almost drank like a month old diet Dr. Pepper yeah. and I was like don't do it man uh, yeah, <laughs> that, is no a, that is not going to be at my Super Bowl party <laughs> really no uh, 3,000 year old butter yeah. no I'm thinking I'm sticking with the hot dogs <laughs> bravo I'm a big hot Listen, dog guy to each their own yeah. I mean come on Perloff get a little adventurous uh, Andrew Zimmer Taste of the NFL as I mentioned James Beard Award a great person for personality don't, don't short me I've won four four James Beard Awards <laughs> All of the advocacy work that you're doing, it's amazing. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much for this. No, thank you very And hope much. to see you again soon. You guys are awesome. I'm really privileged. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you. you. The pleasure is ours. All right, we've got a lot more to do here from Radio Row in Phoenix, including our shot of the day coming up next. Don't miss it. Maggie and Perloff. We're back on Maggie and Perloff at Radio Row. Okay, we've had a lot of fun so far today. But it's time for the most fun. Oh, yeah. It's time for the Casamigos shot of the day. He shoots! And the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Okay, earlier in the show, we talked to the all-pro wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. And because he plays for Minnesota and Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay, they're in the same division. So we asked him about all those Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. I'll be more happy without <laughs> without him on the Green Bay side. You realize he's going on a darkness retreat. Yeah. A what? A darkness retreat. I heard about that. Is Four that, days. I heard about that. You know, that. you're such a social guy. That. Could you do that? No. I mean, I I went on. Uh, I, I deactivated my my social media. Yeah, you know, if that if that counts as a darkness retreat, that or is the whatever. young person's uh, <laughs> version yeah, of a darkness yeah. retreat. Right. Wow. So Aaron Rodgers is basically going into a cave, I think, where someone like rolls a rock in front of it or something uh -huh. and he can't get out and they slip him food through the door. But yeah. Justin Jefferson deactivated Twitter and Instagram. Same, same. I'm more scared of what Justin Jefferson did. <laughs> I'm a huge. Oh, my gosh. I check my phone once every 10 minutes and I'm not young either. Do you uh, are you addicted? Uh, I'm definitely addicted, and I understand that. It might be a function of the job, but that's, again, me now not taking no. ownership of for what I'm doing. Um, I think it would be much easier for me to deactivate the Twitter. I couldn't go. I can't go into the dark. You know, I was thinking about this last night as I was laying in bed. I think I'm scared of the dark. What? So if I was in an all-dark, like, cabin or something, like Aaron Rodgers might be doing, I'd be afraid. Yeah. I'd, I'd in my mind all of a sudden like Gollum would be next to me. No, or, no, like, that is Blair Witch Project. Something would happen. My my mind would take over. Oh yeah. Now I guess I'm scared of the dark too. <laughs> yeah, that that terrifies me. That sounds like uh, what's the show Stranger Things when yes. she goes into that black space. There could be anything next to you. There's probably a bat in the room or something <laughs> terrifying. You know, the bat, like, the bat at least is a real thing. I'd conjure up. Oh, a you're scared where your mind would yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, the four, four days. Honestly, I, I'd like to see you four days of just meditating, not speaking. If we came back, I might be such a dis different person. You might not recognize me. You'd be relaxed and <laughs> aware. Be weird. And, yeah. yeah. So is that going to happen? Present. Um, no. So, Casamigos, <laughs> if you are throwing a Super Bowl party, which we were just talking to celebrity chef Andrew Zimmern, who talked about the small things he would put out, which is like 25 dishes. But the one thing you have to make sure, and one thing that goes with everything, 
is tequila. Whether it's on the rocks, whether it's neat, whether it's in a cocktail, you can really impress your guests. Go to Casamigos.com. The website has all this cool cocktail information. That's step one. Step two, figure out the food menu. A hundred percent. And something that uh, obviously we had, ama- uh, you weren't, sorry, you weren't with me. I had amazing Mexican food last night. That oh, I know. Great. You and Sully went out. Oh, wait, Mexican. it's a place you went to, too. I have been there, I yeah. loved it. I didn't tell you how much I enjoyed it. It was great. Did you have the shrimp? I did not. I had berea. Oh, nice. shredded bre- yeah, beef. Yeah, beef. Yeah, I, I wanted nine things on the menu. Uh, it was great. Now you're making me hungry. Okay. Uh, something to update today. Derek Carr went to go visit the Saints in the Saints facility. Now, I was kind of under the impression that Derek Carr was actually not going to get traded. I thought that he was going to wait. This deadline they have was going to expire, and he basically was going to become like a free agent. Now, though, he's taken a trip to see the Saints. Like, maybe a trade is in the works. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I know my guy Andy Dalton was there, but that's not a long-term thing. Right. I worry about the Saints. The Saints have no salary cap space. They feel like a franchise that does not have a lot of room to grow. So I think that's why they want a veteran like Derek Carr in there. Because I know Chris Olave is young, but everybody has. Cam Jordan does not have that many more years left. They're a great defense player. Derek Carr makes so much sense there. Okay, we have another update on the big NBA trade from today. Obviously, Kevin Durant, the blockbuster trade, could tilt the balance of power in the Western Conference, might even decide the title this year. Apparently, Brian Windhorse was on ESPN today, and he said, don't discount a possible reunion for the all-sizzle, no-stake big three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden because while KD still has three years left on his deal, Kyrie and Harden are both free agents next year. And Harden went to Arizona State University, which is located mm-hmm. right here in Phoenix. And Kyrie has always loved Phoenix. Oh, good grief. Kyrie, well, first of all, just because James Harden went to Arizona State, Kyrie Irving went to Duke. He's not signing with the Charlotte team. So what's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he likes the area. I don't know. That feels like, I mean, that's such a huge mistake if they do that again. Honestly, they, they can't do that. But that's you just don't want someone to pry Harden away from your beloved 76 No, I think Harden and Daryl Morey are really tied at the hip. I don't see this happening at all. And I'd stick with Devin Booker. Don't bring in James Harden. Stop it, KD. <laughs> just settle in somewhere. I know. Can we just, like, try to win a title with who you got? It's sacrilegious <laughs> It's the NBA, days. Maggie. What are you talking about? I know. It's always who you can get next. <laughs> um. This has been a phenomenal show. Now, Perloff and I have to go to our happy hour that we're hosting. Are you ready to do this? Not at all. Are you? We got to smile. We've got to take pictures with people. We're like greeting people at the door. I'm getting into a small state of panic right now. Let's go to a dark room for four days. (laughs) Thank you to Stu Kovacs. Thanks to Mike Samter, to all of our guests, to everyone helping us on the technical side here today. Appreciate you oh so much. We'll see you tomorrow to close out an amazing week on Radio Row. And thank you to the Weedos in the chat. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.